With your latest news, I'm April Cummings. There was one positive case of COVID-19 today. Health officials say it was the contact of a contact of someone with COVID-19. 600 results were reported today and included samples from both the Health Services Authority and Doctors Hospital. We're still getting cases. Um, Every few days we're getting odd case pop up. And it only goes to show how careful we need to be about keeping your social distance, um, keeping your hand hygiene going, and wearing masks when you're in public places. Chief Medical Officer Dr. John Lee says continuing to follow those rules is vitally important. If you can imagine, if just one person has COVID-19 in the community, that one case can spring forth and create a firestorm that will just rage across the island, just as COVID-19 has raged across the whole world. And with rules being loosened and the gradual reopening of services, Dr. Lee took the opportunity today to issue an appeal. So please, as we begin to unlock various parts of the community, keep that distance, keep your hand washing going, um, and uh, remember your respiratory etiquette and wear the masks in the public places. Year to date, we have seen 75 positives for COVID-19. And there was some good news regarding the Little Cayman testing, with 92% of the island's residents testing negative. Officials are still awaiting the rest of the results, but expect to have those shortly. With regard to Kim and Brack, Dr. Lee says 400 people have been screened so far, with the RCIPS ferrying samples to Grand Cayman for testing. About 20% of the population of Cayman Brack have been screened now. Dr. Lee hopes to have those results as well in the next few days. Describing the Little Cayman News as a major milestone, Premier the Honorable Alden McLaughlin was optimistic today. This effectively means that we will be able in very short order to have asked the Commissioner to lift the curfew with respect to Little Cayman and for the National Hazard Management Executive and the Cabinet to consider Uh, his proposal to do so, and for Cabinet to then also amend the shelter-in-place provisions under the public health law to create a bespoke set of regulations for Little Cayman, and hopefully in short order for Cayman Brack. That could mean curfews replaced with specific protocols, like the requirement to wear masks in enclosed public places, The Premier says those kinds of decisions will be contingent upon the rest of the test results they're waiting for and the islands keeping their borders closed to all but essential travel. As long as there's human interaction, especially being introduced from outside, there is always a degree of risk. Hence the need for continued um, caution with how we we conduct uh, ourselves with respect to hygiene, with respect to the wearing of masks. And those we hope to provide for in the regulations when they are made. With respect to Grand Cayman, the Premier says we need to hold on just a little bit longer. He says he understands that people want to reopen, but... It would be unsafe at this point to do so. We simply do not have enough test results for Grand Cayman for us to behave as though the virus is not still very much among us. While testing has been ramped up, the Premier says Grand Cayman can expect the current hard and soft curfews to continue for at least the next two weeks. This allows some 6,000-plus persons back into circulation in the workforce, and we will carefully monitor uh, the situation, prayerfully, hopefully, 
no new um, cases emerge as a result of that. And over this two-week period, we are also taking the opportunity to test as many people as we possibly can, targeting particularly demographics so that we have as broad and as representative a sampling as we possibly can. If there are no spikes or causes for alarm, the Premier expects to broaden even further the categories of business that can operate, dangling the possibility of hardware stores opening as a possible next step. But at the same time, he warned once again the objective is to save lives. So following social distancing protocols, hand washing and the like remain key. Today, the Premier also noted the borders are likely to remain closed until September. While today did bring some loosening of the shelter-in-place provisions, beaches and fishing are still off-limits. The Premier did hint today, though, that if we see no increase in the cases of COVID-19 over the next few weeks, that could change. Even with all the optimism, there are still people who are either out of work or want to go back home. Government officials today confirmed there are more repatriation flights in the coming weeks. The governor says the evacuation flights to Honduras were a success. Um, pleased to say that uh, Honduras flight today, I think it's already departed and we have another one on Friday. Both were full. The flight to San Jose, Costa Rica on Friday the 8th of May. Again, there are still some seats on that, but you need to book directly on Cayman Airways, 949-2311. And we're still awaiting confirmation on the flight to Dominican Republic. Hope to be able to say something more on that soon. But Philippine nationals may not be as lucky. You probably saw that the Philippines borders closed suddenly at the weekend, which I know will be a concern to many Filipinos here. But we have been advised that this is a temporary measure and we're still looking at the possibility of flights out of here for Philippine nationals. His Excellency the Governor there, Martin Roper. You're encouraged to submit your information by visiting gov.kycoronavirus and search for the emergency travel form. And as we are starting to see some private sector companies beginning to reopen to the local economy, albeit on a limited basis, Deputy Governor the Honorable Franz Manderson says government is not anticipating that any civil service agencies will need to transition from their current state of service delivery as part of this first phase. Some agencies, though, will need to resume some services to support the proposed second phase of unlocking, which is currently projected to occur on Monday, May 18th, provided the epidemiological conditions support it. Now, the Deputy Governor Governor says the safety and health of civil servants will continue to be a primary focus and will be achieved through a number of measures, including the use of appropriate personal protective equipment, physical distancing measures in the workplace, flexible working arrangements, and continued remote working. The deputy governor also said that civil servants returning to their workplace will be given timely notice of the need to return to their workplace and will be briefed on any new policies and procedures to protect their health before they return. They will also be provided with any PPE that is recommended to protect their health and safety while at work. It is expected that staff who are elderly or possess underlying health conditions will be among the last civil servants to return to office. 28 public sector entity audits were completed by the April 30th statutory deadline, this despite the coronavirus pandemic. And as Radio Cayman's Carsley Fuller reports, all received unqualified audit opinions. So why bother completing the audits in the current circumstances? Some might think there are more important things to focus on at this time, but Auditor General Sue Winspear disagrees. While it may not be immediately obvious, having current audits will help the country as it recovers from the crisis, as credit rating agencies, financial institutions and the UK government will look upon these 
as important indicators of a well-governed country and a well-managed economy. It also demonstrates that business as usual can go on, albeit delivered in different ways in the midst of a global crisis, which again speaks volumes about the resilience of public services in Cayman and the commitment of its staff. The Deputy Auditor General leading the financial audit practice, Patrick Smith, moved to working full-time on COVID-19 crisis response work from March 16th, meaning the small audit office were down to one and other staff had to step up and across. The coronavirus pandemic also added to their audit burden as clients had to think about the impact of COVID-19 on their business in the future and assess the financial impact as a subsequent event. Although this is tough to do as an additional burden on top of everything else, I hope that the entities will have benefited from formally addressing the impact of the current crisis on their business. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Carsley Fuller. Ezra Miller is the chairman of the Public Accounts Committee. On behalf of the Public Accounts Committee, I would like to thank the Office of the Auditor General for completing these audits under the difficulties posed by the COVID-19 crisis and want also to express the committee's sincere gratitude to the civil and public servants who completed this work on their accounts to make these audits possible. The YMCA is thinking long-term as it evaluates the potential need for services for local families. As soon as deemed safe to do so by the government, the Y says it is prepared to resume its child care services. Since March, the Y has been helping more than a 1,000 young people across Grand Cayman and Cayman Brac, offering daily telephone wellness checks with families and weekly electronic resources to support extracurriculars, life skills, mental health, and academic programs. YMCA Executive Director Jillian Smith tells Radio Cayman a new online platform set to launch on May 11th will allow the Y to offer its traditional programs within the isolation constraints. As our country grapples with the effects of COVID-19, our thoughts, prayers, and focus are on how we can best support families as they navigate these very uncertain and unsettling times. As parents bear the burden of juggling home and work responsibilities or unemployment, we want to be right there to provide relief and solace for them and their children. The Y recently launched a campaign to raise $155,000, also known as the Caring Campaign. The effort provides financial assistance to families experiencing financial hardship and ensures Y programs such as day camp, after school, swim lessons, and all teen leaders are accessible to all segments of the community. To get more information, you can visit ymcakman.ky or email info at ymcakman.ky. There's also a phone number to call, 926 now let's check in with Radio Cayman's Dion Anglin. She focuses tonight on physical activity during the COVID-19 era. Thank you, April. Even now more than ever, the former director of sports says it's critical that everyone gets the necessary amount of physical activity each day. Colin Anglin, CEO of Anglin Sports Consultancy, gives us his take on the importance of physical exercise during the COVID-19 pandemic. You know, long before the COVID-19 pandemic, there was another pandemic that was silently wreaking havoc on humankind, and that pandemic was actually physical inactivity. The World Health Organization coined physical inactivity a pandemic, I think, over 15 years ago. It was estimated that physical inactivity and the diseases that are brought about from a lack of physical activity were actually taking at least 2 million 
human lives every single year. And that was as early as 2002. Physical inactivity and the costs associated with that is estimated to cost the world about $67 billion a year. Um, so it is a very, very big problem. And now even more so than ever, like I said, you know, because of the fact that we are home, we're not moving about as much as we normally do. We would normally get some type of physical activity in it, you know, if we had to move about, or if we had to go up the stairs, or if we had to walk to our workplace, walk to somewhere to get lunch, etc. Now, most of the time, we're just home. And so we become even more sedentary in most cases. But on average, 75% of people do not get the necessary physical activity that their body needs to function in an optimal capacity. And of course, when we go and we exercise, we're releasing endorphins. So we those are feel-good hormones. It makes us feel great. It helps us to feel calm. It helps to put our minds at ease. And it also helps to boost our energy. And it reduces our risk of non-communicable diseases by almost 50% in some cases. So you're talking about things like type 2 diabetes, coronary heart disease, hypertension, all of those kinds of things. We significantly reduce our risk of getting those diseases by getting the recommended amount of physical activity per week. So it's, it's absolutely critical right now that even though we're dealing with one pandemic, we're not actually making it worse for another pandemic that actually we've been fighting for a much longer time. Well, what about the elderly? Do you have any suggestions for them? As it pertains to our elderly, our elderly place themselves at more risk of falls and also osteoporosis. All of those things are also reduced by our elderly getting the necessary amount of physical activity recommended by the World Health Organization. What do you suggest people do? Uh, yeah, well, at this point in time, we have to improvise, right? Because it's not a perfect situation. If you live in a pretty safe neighborhood where you can walk on the road, for example, go ahead and walk. Build that into your routine. Maybe it's an early morning walk. Maybe it's late in the afternoon. Because of the extreme heat, I wouldn't recommend that you go walking in the middle of the day unless you carry loads and loads of water on you. But build that into your routine. Just like anything else, we're creatures of habit. So the more you can put something into a routine, the better it will be for you and the easier it will be for you to stick to it. So build that into your schedule and try to stick to that as seriously as you would stick to going into work. And for example, there are things that you can also do in your home. And it can be very simple. Maybe you want to, uh, to work in a certain amount of, depending on your ability, of course, anything from push-ups and sit-ups, maybe some very simple leg lifts. If you have some very light dumbbells, for example, just doing a few curls. And then sometimes it's just even in your yard, right? If you don't feel that comfortable with walking around on the street, then in your yard, walk around your house, you know, walk around a certain area. And if you want to make it really easy, in my opinion, get Get some music, get a list, get a playlist of your favorite music, plug in those headphones and just go to work. You know, when you have your favorite music playing in your ears, it gives you an extra boost of energy and it actually makes your experience quite enjoyable. So I would definitely recommend that. Find some of your favorite music, find some music that you like to listen to, crank it up and go ahead and get some exercise in. Check out anglinconsultant.ky for further information or contact Mr. Anglin 
in at 928-9072 for its services. That's it for sports. Back to you, April. Thank you, Dion. The team at the Central Caribbean Marine Institute has been busy at the Little Cayman Research Center. Fish surveys have been conducted at Martha's site, Icon, and Crystal Palace for their dome coral outplanting project in advance of the outplanting of the domes. This allows CCMI to get a baseline of information about the sites, which will allow scientists to track changes in the fish population and see what impact the domes have on biodiversity and fish population densities over time. CCMI has been deemed essential, according to the Cayman Islands Public Health Regulation 2020, which has allowed staff to conduct critical marine research on Little Cayman. That is your latest local news from Radio Cayman's newsroom. I'm April Cummings.